So here we go. Week two. Somebody clap once. Let's jump right into the word. Is anybody ready? Mark 10, 21 uh, through 22. And I'm coming from the New Living Translation. And really quick, um, a lot of people might ask, like, why don't you teach from the New King James? Why don't you teach from, like, all the thuses and the vows? And uh, um, I'll just make it very clear. I don't like it. If, if I'm going to teach, I want to make sure that I understand what I'm teaching and all the thuses and the vows and henceforth. Like, if this is your first time coming to church, you think that that's like magic. You know what I'm saying? Like hocus pocus and we're in the, the month of March. So if you're ready for the word, clap once. Mark 10, 21 through 22. Let's read it together, please. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love. I can't hear you. For him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and do what? Sell all of your possessions and do what with them? Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then do what? Come follow me. Verse 22. And this, at this, what happened? The man's face fell. I want you to underline that. Before I jump into this sermon, I really want to make sure that if you have experienced church hurt when it comes to money, if you have experienced manipulation and persuasion in ministry when it comes to money, this is not that sermon. Like, I, re I really... I really want to make sure because statistics say that when people are coming back to church, two out of three of them left their last church because they really believed that the church only wanted their money. I really want to make sure that you understand that our organization actually lives in this thing called integrity. There are three auditing systems that we go through every single year, every single salary, every single dollar, every single tithe dollar, and every single offering does not just go to our pastors. It goes through how many filters? Three, so when it comes to this concept of money, we have to be very upfront and clear. God wants you to be prosperous, but he also wants you to be generous. So, so we are a church that doesn't just receive tithes and offering. Our church tithes. It's probably a concept you've never heard before. AWC writes a 10% check of everything that you have given to us and we give to other ministries. Now, that's not to like be like, oh, AWC's dope, even though I, I think and I, I digress. Uh, it's, it's not to say that we're dope, but it's that we can't teach you something or a principle that we're not practicing. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? We cannot ask you to give, tithe, be faithful, and serve if when we're standing up here and when you see us, you got like this thing on your face like, oh, no. You know like when somebody's like, um, you don't know for sure? I just want to make sure because... Everything that I'm about to teach, if you have the wrong heart posture, this will send you down the road of deconstruction. There's a bunch of people that are leaving the faith right now, not because God isn't good. It's just because people suck. Oh, I can't say that word in church. Like, I, have I earned my stripes? That's not even a cuss word. Everybody's like, oh, he said so. Like, God isn't bad. The structure of church isn't bad. But people in church, and I've been one of them. I'm probably currently one of those people right now with some of you in the crowd or watching online. So can we just move our personal, like our, our preferences with people? Can we move that to the side? Like, I know that Sister Gertrude told you when you were at the Kojic church, you went to open the door and she held the door shut. Anybody run into a Kojic usher before? Woo-wee! Give me that gum, sir. And this is how they do it. White glove and everything. You got to tip out like this. Let's put religion to the side. Let's put your one or two bad experiences aside. McDonald's messes up your order at least three times a year, but you keep going. Church is going to, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it all the time. I'm going to teach stuff that's not doctrinal. 
but you can't, you don't give up on us like you give up on a $1.69 taco from Taco Bell. Come on now. So look at your neighbor and raise your right hand. Say, I solemnly swear today to try. Just, just give a little effort in listening to it. Like, don't, I'm not going to ask you for your money, but I'm going to tell you a couple of things because this principle of giving has changed my life personally. I'm not, I'm not going to be, we're not going to be transitioning this church because of who I am as a person. I honestly believe that every single thing that I have sown, it's not just money, energy, the times where I acted godly in the face of ungodly situations, that's a tithe. So at this, the man's face did what? Fell. And he went away sad for he had many possessions. Our word of the year this year is postured. And you're going to be hearing this word all the time. Because I, I really don't want to just give you a word of the year in January and then it's December and you're like, Wait, what? What was the word again? No. Posture basically means that the position that we are going to hold is perfect because God put us there. So if God has put you in a place and it's perfect and you're not going to move, that means that we are going to actually have to trust God. And, and it's really simple, but it's also difficult. I don't know if has anybody ever been um, skydiving before? It's very simple. Just jump out of the plane, right? Just jump. Somebody say, just jump. Just jump. It's simple. But the stuff your brain go through, like the plane is working, there's enough gas, I ain't got insurance. Stop being silly, America. Get, get insurance. So why am I jumping out of this? And I pay for it? It's the same thing with giving. God gave me the job. I got the promotion. Finally bought the house. But Pastor Martin, now you're asking me to write a check to the church when I can give my family the house that I told them we were saving for? So God's concept of generosity is flipped on its head. If you want to receive, you must first. If you want to be forgiven, you have to first. So God is really not interested in how bad somebody hurt you. The Bible does not care about the person that hurts you. The Bible cares about who? You. Forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. So therefore, generosity is not for them. It's for you. The best way to be blessed is to give. God's principles are perfect. And if we stay in between the boundaries of what he has set up for us, we will be successful in life. Entrusted, though, for the sermon series is to be assigned a responsibility for doing something. Last week, Pastor Martin set up perfectly, and it's really like an alley-oop to this sermon. Um, he set up perfectly that there is a part in God's plan that he is entrusted to you. There, there, there is a portion in what God wants to do in the earth that will not be done unless you are generous. God is not coming to feed the homeless. God is not coming to create a summer basketball league that brings boys out the hood that don't have pain. He's not doing it. That's the reason why he has given you a portion of his plan, which is purpose. Okay. Can y'all just like, just fast forward to 45 minutes in the sermon when you get it. Like, because I, I got a lot to give you. The reason why you have purpose isn't because you're cool. The reason why you have purpose is because God decided to give you a part that he could do. He gave it to you. So if you do not fulfill what God has called you to do, it does not mean that God is not good. When you're driving through North Omaha 
and you're like, there's no, nor- there's no nonprofit that does X, Y, and Z. You can't blame the city if God gave you the plan. The minute you're driving, like, man, there should be a chicken joint on this corner. Man, I can't believe we're over here. Why, why isn't this here? Maybe because the person that's supposed to go to get the loan, supposed to write the plan, supposed to get over your pride and go into business with other people that you don't always like them, but that's business. I ain't got to like you to get this bread, but I could pray for you from a distance. You feel me? Okay. Maybe you're the one that's supposed to do it. I want you to write this down, and this isn't in my notes. I'm, you know, I'm just freelancing this one. God's not coming to fix your issue if he gave you the purpose to fulfill it. That's just not how he works. Jesus sent, God sent Jesus how many times? Once. He died, did what he needed to do, and guess whose job it is with the entrusted peace? Yours. So I'd like to talk to you today on a sermon title called Joy in the Morning. Okay, now, this is, this is going to be heavy, okay? Like, so look at your neighbor and say, heavy. heavy. Like that episode in your favorite series where, like, everybody died or you found out that he was cheating on her or you found out that they were never married and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and now you got to go watch all the other seasons just to get context. Like, today is going to rock your religion when it comes to money. It, it's, it's going to rock your thought process when it comes to receiving. Because before you can receive anything from God, sometimes you got to receive some bad news. But we don't talk about that. We talk about the blessing. We talk about giving. We sing the song, break forth. Release me. Enlarge my territory. But they never tell you that if you want 10 more acres, you actually got to go out there and till it. Okay. And I'm really tired of people in the church being ignorant and asking God for things that we don't know how to take care of. So today, thanks Patrick, you see what I'm saying? Comfortability. I got, I got lubrication in my ankles. I can, I'm all down here with it today. You feel me? Today, this principle, if you allow it, will set you free. We read this, uh, this part in the Bible, Miss Nancy, all the time. Weeping may endure for a night. Ah, but joy. Hey, and that's where we stop. And we go home. But joy cometh in the morning. When you look at that in the Greek, it says weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes during the morning. Weeping, it's going to suck. Yes, he left you. But I loved him. Byron's gone. He's gone. But she ain't as pretty as me. She ain't as cute as me. It doesn't matter. I don't, hey, talk to Byron. No, don't talk to Byron, actually, because you're going to get into that repetitive cycle. We just got done talking about yokes that sermon. By the way, stop this sermon and go, go watch, like, all those other sermons. Like, morning. Do you know what morning is? Morning is the process that you go through emotionally to get over the bad stuff that just happened. But there are people in the church that will blame that God isn't good, but you're not healthy. And when you don't cry, when you, go, when you don't go through what I say, a season of depression, not depre- a season of anxiety, a season of lows. If you do not cry it out, 
you will in turn reproduce bitterness on the inside of you. And people in the church, sermons don't destroy churches, but people jealous of other people's blessings will rip this church apart. And it's not because God loves them more. It says that you're hateful. I was there. God, you blessing all these other people. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, why do I want to bless you? Look at your face. Like, who wants to? Everybody do it. Oh, y'all, oh, y'all not ghetto on Sunday? Oh, okay, that's cute. Uh, no, do it. Like, like, who wants to give a gift to that? And God feels the same way. Because sometimes the thing that you have to do to get your blessing is celebrate somebody else's while your hands are empty. Y'all don't want to play with me today. Y'all don't want to play with me. You want to know how I know somebody's blessed? Is when somebody on this side of the room buys the car that you had in your dream book, but you're extremely happy for them. Because guess what? Being generous is also giving praise where it's due. Generous, generosity isn't just about money. It's about your energy. It's about your, your, your thinking process. You know how generous it is to drop to your knees and pray for somebody that you don't understand? Because nine times out of ten, somebody that you don't like, you have no idea what their story is. I can't believe she could. You have no idea what happened to her at seven. <laughs> She's just, he's just so cold and bitter. Bro, if you knew where he came from, y'all think North Omaha is bad. This, this man is from the gutter. You, you, like the gutter. You, you, like you understand what I'm talking about? Somebody scream generous. Let's jump, let's jump right to the word. Mark 10, 17 through 19. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him. It, you might have heard this. This is the story called the rich young ruler. Now, how many of you guys have ever heard this story before? Okay. Now, I made a promise to you all in January that I'm going to keep. I'm going to do my best to keep. I refuse to teach any more sermons where I say, like, be like Jesus because we can't. It's really easy to do those sermons. Like, Jesus was persecuted. Yeah, but Jesus was Jesus. Be like Jesus. I'm not, no, what? Huh? They beat that man for two days before they crucified him. I'm not trying to be like Jesus. No. I'd rather be persecuted than hung from a cross. You, you feel me? Okay, y'all be playing. Like, if, if, if I would have stood in the place of Jesus on the cross. No, you wouldn't have. You talk that big stuff right now, but if we rewind that thing, Jesus carrying the cross. Oh, yeah, there Come on, bro. Hey, whoa I, don't, whoa, I don't remember that part. But the story of the rich young ruler, instead of trying to make it seem like we can be like Jesus, today I want to tell all of us that we are the rich young ruler. Every single one of us in every single one of our, our seasons. Like in the story of David and Goliath, it's actually easier for us to connect to being Goliath than being David. Because we're sinful. That's just the way in which we're made. So it's okay if we jump in the word right quick. A man came running up to him, which means that it was urgent. He wanted to get something done. And he knelt down and he asked God. He, he, and he asked, what does he ask? Good teacher, my, why, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus runs down this entire list. He says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. Can I pause for the calls right quick? Um, about a thousand, uh, a thousand percent of the time when you're praying and asking God for an answer, you could probably find that answer in the Ten Commandments. God, what should I do? She slapped me. Well, the Ten Commandments, 
actually talks about forgiveness. So as Christians, we won't be mature when we pray because we're looking for God to actually give us the cosign to act ugly. I don't know about you, but I prayed that prayer before. Like, God, please give me the ability to take the lower road today. God, give me the, I want to take not the road that's less traveled. I want to walk that one where everybody's going. Did you see how she talked to me? Like, in our faith, every single time that you are, that you are faced with a situation where your gangster can come out, is actually an opportunity to be generous. Yes, they deserve the heat. Yes, they deserve the neck roll. Yes, they deserve where you come from. I'm from Compton. What's good? Like, they deserve all of that. But the question is, will what you do in this moment reflect how God is going to, like, bless you in the, in the, later on? If we started to really think about how does this action move the hand of God, we would marry the right person. We would go to the right school. We would, we would pick the right, we would pick the right, well, we would pick the right school. And if you're not called to school, because school does not mean success. Can I break this down really quick? Pastor Joshua went to school because it was necessary. Getting a degree does not mean that you will be successful. God gives everybody a portion in peace, which means that if your purpose does not require school, then you should go for it and you will be successful. But if it does, and you use that as an excuse, you, you on your own, dog. I, I can't help you. I, I really can't help you. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testif uh, testify falsely. You must not cheat on anyone or cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. In order for us to be generous, your plan has to die. Point number one. Mourning your plan is a part of the plan. We'd say all of these amazing scriptures, and we sing all of these great songs. And I, we, I was talking to Tina about it. We're going to stop singing some of them because y'all be capping. God, you can have all of me. Stop lying. Because your sex life is private. You can have all of me, Jesus. But the way in which you deal with anger, don't touch that. So when you be singing them songs, you really be setting yourself up. God, you can have all of me. And God be like, oh, word? I can have all of it? What about that part tucked back in your spirit that you haven't let me touch since 1999? What about that part? Well, Jesus will stop singing the song then. I think Jesus would be mad frustrated if you be singing. Let's define this word morning. I want you to write this down. Some of the reasons why people haven't got over granddaddy passing away in 1945 is because those same men were growing up in the early 30s and they were told that boys don't cry. A lot of the issues that we see in older men isn't because they're terrible. They were not given a vulnerable space to cry. And crying is not feminine. Like having emotion, like men going to therapy does not make you broken. Being broken actually makes you strong. Being vulnerable actually makes you a better person. So, so like this concept that in order to be strong, you have to be strong. Remember what I said before. Every single kingdom concept, guess what? It's flipped on its head. So in order to be strong, you actually have to be vulnerable. If you want to receive, you have to give. The problem with the rich young ruler is that he was only interested in receiving, but he had never given a day in his life. So the problem that Jesus had with the rich young ruler wasn't his possessions. It was his heart. 
God doesn't want your stuff. But remember what we talked about in our last worship series, wherever your heart is, that's your treasure. And whatever you treasure over God, he wants it. So for some of you, it's not money, but it's your car. For some of us, it's our sexuality. I'm not, I'm not coming for you. I'm just giving you the word this morning. Is that, is, is that okay? For some of us, it's our thinking process. This is just who I am. Everybody knows I act like this. No, you're evil. Girl, you know, I just say it like it is. No, you verbally vomit and you hurt the people around you. That's why you have no friends. Everybody at that church is fake. No, you are. Every Sunday, you come with a different personality. Nobody knows who you are. Somebody say, you don't even know who you are. Who are you today? We got spiritual schizophrenics in the church, and then they get upset with people that stand for who they are. I don't drink today, and I'm not going to drink when I'm with you. You can, but I, I just don't. I'm not going to change based on where I'm at. I'm not a chameleon. This is who I am. This is who I am. <laughs> and another thing, if somebody can fix their mouth to question your principle, one of two things is happening. Either they don't care about what you have said as foundation, or you're not living your life loud enough that your principle speaks for you. There's a reason why certain stuff didn't touch Joshua. It's not because I'm a good person. It's just because I can't hold water. Don't tell nobody. Okay, Callie. And marriage is the best. Oh, my God. Pillow talk is so amazing. When y'all call Vanessa, she talked to me. Oh, y'all ain't going to call her no more? Y'all ain't going to do it? God doesn't care about your secrets. There's nothing secret with the Lord. Look at your neighbor say he knows everything. So mourning is defined by, an, it's the expression of deep sorrow for something that has been lost. In the church, we've lost a lot. We lost a lot. You went to the funeral, but you didn't feel anything. Daddy been gone for 40 years, but you never cried. Pastor Joshua, why do you just keep talking about crying? Because crying is cathartic. It, 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 it cleans your soul. It, it's, it's the most pure form of showing God your emotions. It's the reason why some men cry during worship. Not because they're weak, but because they're strong. It's, it's the reason why, like, when I married my wife, people are like, you're going to cry, aren't you? I'm like, that's crazy that you think that'd be an insult. I boohooed like, a, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you if it, it was disgusting. I was standing there with my daddy like this. Patrick, tell me if I'm lying. That woman, she walked down the aisle and was a different person. And guess what I did? <clears throat> my daddy was standing next to me. You good? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm capping. I saw her. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Because there was a price that I had to pay for those tears. I wasn't just crying because she was sexy and that she was good looking in that dress. Yes, she was. No, no, no. There was a process that we had to go through. In order to say yes to her, I had to mourn all the relationships that didn't work. I couldn't say yes to Vanessa. If I didn't take the relationship that sucked for five years before her, I took it to the grave, 
buried her. Joshua, you said, I murdered that relationship, fam. You feel me? I wanted to make sure the woman that I was marrying knew that she's never coming back. I put lime on her. I poisoned her. I slit the throat of this thing. I cut off all the legs. There are six different places. Like, I was blindfolded when I was digging. I don't even know where the pieces of this relationship are. Why? Because I wanted to build trust with my wife. So how much do you have to do to build trust with God? Yeah, bring your cares, bring your worries, but when you bring them to them, they shouldn't be kicking and screaming. They should be dead weight. Y'all missed it. Joshua, y'all missed it. I'm not bringing stuff kicking and screaming to Jesus. I'm bringing him a bloody bag of stuff that I've already destroyed. Just, just take, take care of this for me. That's how the mafia works. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding with an offer that I can't refuse. And then they look at Pasquale and they say, break his legs. And then they break his legs. Somebody say, sleeping with the fishes. See, all y'all are now just as unsaved as I am. Cool. Because you've seen the mafia, don't lie. Mourning is the process of expressing frustration and grief outside of oneself. It is okay and natural to feel a way about what God is asking you to do. We don't talk about that, though. Pastor Martin taught that sermon and said that he was happy to write that $300,000 check. But there were some emotions that came with it. I'm going to be honest. When I married Vanessa, it's the most amazing thing that I have, the best decision I've ever made. Transition, getting this church is going to be awesome, but marrying her, like there's nothing better. Pastoring is not as important as being her husband. Like I would give this up to be a stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home husband all day. Why? Because she loves me when I'm broken. She loves me when I'm wrong. Like, she, she feeds me. Y'all don't all the time. But I digress. See that transition, Dan? <laughs> Mourning is important because if you don't mourn what you've lost, you'll never be able to receive the reward. The relationship sucked. There was abuse there. He or she was terrible. That, that, that's terrible. But if you bring that mindset to the first date, that will scream insecurity. Why are we talking about him? You said you were broken up. Like, why is he, well, my last boyfriend, well, my last man. Like, bro, like it's, all right, so evidently you want him. I'll pay for my portion of the dinner. We can go Dutch. Another thing, any man that doesn't pay for the meal was not taught correctly. And any woman that isn't ready to pay for herself in the case that he can't was not caught correctly. I don't care about y'all. Come on this date and you ain't got no bread. Yes, I'm going to pay, but like you're teaching me that when we need to bring $300,000 to closing, you're going to look at me and fold your arms. He got it. No, indeed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm playing. Let me chill out. It's the shoes. I'm it's, it's the shoes. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm clowning. I'm sorry. What do you do when what God asks for hurts you? We're going to receive. Oh, you just said it. As we give today's tithes and offer, we expect jobs are better, jobs, money, and insurance. Like you were all excited. But what when God asks for your firstborn? What, what do you do when what God asks for frustrates you? What do you do when God asks you, what God asks you for angers you? Because remember, being generous isn't just money and things. Sometimes being generous is giving God your love life when he calls you to a season of singleness. 
Every person that's out here single, all this isn't dead. Some of them, God has called them for where I'm taking you. You can't be married right now. The question is, are you willing to be obedient and generously give God your cares and your emotions and your sexual tendencies? Because you do know that you can give your intimate parts of you to God, right? Like like your addiction, your lust. You know, you don't have to work on it. You can literally take that and give it to God. Like, I don't don't know if they know. Like, you don't have to be in addiction to pornography. You can literally generously give that to God. Now, there's some stuff you got to do, but the first thing before you go to therapy is you got to talk to the king. Okay, they don't want it. I'm going to get back to the word. I'm going to get back to the word. What do you do when what God asks for hurts, frustrates, or angers you? Because mourning your plan is the beginning of God's plan. God says, you want my will? Cool. Give me your way. You want my blessing? Awesome. Give me everything you have. And because the rich young ruler couldn't get that through his psyche... He hung his head and walked away. The University of Washington, Washington, the 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 uh, the, the College of Genea- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the study of genealogy. Do you guys know what that is? It, it's the study of like how people age. It's the study of like the different seasons. Like I'm 29 right now, but I'm going to go through the same level of loss that my dad went through. Like this transition is amazing, but there was some stuff that happened in between there. Like it wasn't just like here, take the baton. For some of it, it was like. Hey, Like, you go through stuff. I worked so hard for this for 30 years, and I'm just going to hand it over to you. Even though I'm his son, even though I think I'm built for it, it's human to second-guess God. But they're not going to teach you that at church. It is human, Abraham. Hey, give me Isaac. I don't know, God. You can doubt God and trust him fully at the same time. You can do both. I'm fully standing on his word, but I'm not sure. There are no, you don't have to be absolute. Because if you were absolute, there wouldn't be a reason for faith. All the stuff that's happening in your life that's not working out, that's fuel for faith. Oh, that sounds like a sermon series, doesn't it? Let me, somebody write that down. Clip that on, make an Instagram and remind me, hit me in the gram, okay. The University of Washington, did a, they did a study, and they talked about mourning. They took 150 thousand people over the years of 2015 to 2017 and they studied them for two years after they had just experienced a great loss for a great for a great group of these folks in washington they had lost a spouse after being married for a long period of time many of them had had lost a baby because you do understand that in the kingdom if you have a miscarriage that that baby still has a name and when you have your next baby that might be your first physical baby but you have two let me preach just for a second If you have experienced a miscarriage and you named that child, that child is waiting to see you on the other side of glory. You're still their parent. You're still a mother. You're still a father. Even if you don't have the physical receipt of having a child, having a baby is like a miracle. But do you know how much God has to bless you to make that thing work? You release one egg one time a month. Like, do you, like, do you understand the miracle? So if you have walked through, oh, is this, is this too much for y'all? This isn't Christian. Oh, I can't edify women and men that have lost children. Like, that is, your, like, that is still your child. Are we all right? Okay, y'all, y'all ain't lethargic? Am I teaching good? Okay. What they found out with these studies is that mourning allows us to free up energy that is bound to the loss of people. 
objects, and experiences. And when we don't mourn, we leave our energy with the dead. When you lose something, when it doesn't work out, if you don't mourn what happened, you are leaving the best parts of yourself in the failed relationship. You're leaving the best parts of yourself in the failed business. You're leaving the best parts of yourself in the degree that you changed multiple times. It's not about changing your degree. I would rather you change your degree a hundred times and not graduate from college and follow God than to finish out a program because you've been in it for three years and you don't want to quit. You know that quitting is anointed. Let me, let me get, let me, let me get, let me get back. Let me get back. The reason why you need to free up your energy is so that you can reinvest that energy elsewhere. What they found at the University of Washington is that until we grieve effectively, we are likely to find reinvesting our energy very difficult. And a part of us remains tied to the past. Please write this down, Christian. Healthy grieving results in an ability to remember the importance of our loss, but with a newfound sense of peace rather than searing pain. There's a lot of infected wounds in the church. God's not bad. People aren't bad. You never healed. And it happens in the church like this because people will leave their church frustrated because they were church hurt. Come to this church and experience the same thing because we're no different. Like church, every church has its stuff. Every single one of you guys has a virus in you right now. You might be sick. Or it might be inactive. But all of us, like, we're not like the tip-top picture of health. Neither is your church. But this is the reason why you can't leave one place until you've healed. Because you're doing a disservice not just to yourself, but to this next person that you're trying to invest energy in. Have you ever been in relationship, not just romantic, but platonic with a person that's broken? Oh, y'all cap it. Y'all don't want to, y'all do this, but nobody want to do this. It sucks the energy out of you. Because instead of being happy together, you have to be happy for them. He can't get happy, so I have to be happy for him. But my happiness really isn't happy because he's still dealing with what he dealt with in the last six relationships. But he wants to be with me because God called him to me. But anointing doesn't fix the issue that he made with her six years. Like, so, so, like, we get hurt in these situations, but we never kill what happened. This is the reason why you can have a soul tie to the, the bad things in our lives. Because soul ties are not just sexual. Soul ties are not just between somebody you're supposed to be married with. Some people are soul tied to tragedy in their life. That's the reason why we have people that are addicted to opioids. It's not just an addictive quality. They lost their dad at seven and now they're 30 and they're addicted to drugs. Not because they want to shoot themselves up. It hurt when they lost their daddy. But if we don't break this thing down slowly in the church, we will condemn people that don't have an issue or a sickness. They just are, they, nobody told them that it was okay to cry. Nobody told them that when you lost your dad, it's actually healthy to be like, man, I hate him. Why did he leave me? It's not fair that he left me. You want to know something in the church? We say, baby, now don't, now don't, don't wish bad things on the dead. Baby, if he could be here, he would. Yeah, but how you're feeling is real. Is this too much? 
I really want to destroy your religion on generosity. Anything and everything that you are feeling, before you try to break it down, give it to God. Your dad wasn't there. We get it. We under, I, I don't understand it, but God gets it. You can tell him, I hate him. And that's cathartic because God will never leave you at I hate him. He'll always lead you to I forgive him. Amen. Let me get back. Let me get back. Let me get back. Point number two. Somebody say point number, two. point number two. The world you want to build is directly tied to your understanding of generosity. Whatever you want in your marriage, it's going to be connected to how you give. Whatever you want in your job is going to be based on how you give. Because me trusting you does not mean autonomy. Like, I, I can't stand that word autonomy at times. Because autonomy to some people means I just turn my back on you and there's no policies and procedures for what you do. In Generation Y and Generation Z and Millennials, we got to figure out this thing called autonomy. There's a reason why your supervisor has gray hair and they pay them a salary that has a couple of commas in it. Because they have experience. Just because I graduated from school and I have a degree does not mean that I get to push Gertrude out of the way because I have a paper I wrote third semester. No, 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 no. Autonomy doesn't mean I don't look at you. You want to know what actual trust looks like? Trust actually looks like hovering. We've been, we've been teaching this thing wrong. Trust doesn't mean I got you, you're over there. You want to know what trust looks like in a men's group? Men that call Joshua every single night at 9 o'clock to make sure he ain't doing what he said he wanted help not to do. You're hovering. No, I'm trusting you. Oh, they don't want to hear that this morning. Oh, they, 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 they got, you hear that? Shh, 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 shh. Even online, they quiet. Shh, listen. God's not going to trust you with the Fortune 500 dollar business if He can't trust you to show up to work on time. Because it's all principle. Somebody say piece by piece. Proverbs eleven twenty four. It says, "Give freely and become more wealthy." But if you stingy, somebody say stingy. That's what my granny said. Ooh, you just stingy. She put an R in everything. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and guess what? Lose everything. Look at your neighbor and say, that's your Bible. I didn't write that. Let's look at it in the message because this is my favorite, Miss Nancy. Look at this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets small. So do you want to live in a world where you're actually able to have full freedom? You should give. Isn't it interesting that I'm on point number two, and I haven't talked about tithes or offering yet. This is what the Holy Spirit told me, Mr. Wayne. He said, Joshua, why would you like to beg and plead people to do something that I can't even get them to do? Like, why, why would you, and you want to know something funny? Some of the people are saying, that's good, don't give. <laughs> that's good, pastor, because I ain't giving you a dime. It's not, I don't need your money. The life that I have is because we give ridiculously. You have no idea how many checks we write to people, and we don't tell them where the money came from. Our CPA right now is having an issue because he's like, why did you give so much? We're willing to pay taxes if it feeds the need of somebody else. You want a small world? Clinch up when it comes to an opportunity to give. 
I can tell when people are not generous. If every time you ask to hang out with me, you never invite, you're stingy. Because you're looking for me to invite you, therefore I have the obligation to pay. Oh, let me go over here. Oh, I desire to be free, free. You feel like free, 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 free. Let's go on vacation. Okay, cool. We'll meet you there. Uh Oh, huh? You ever booked a trip with some friends and then it was just you on the trip? Oh, y'all really want to play? I got to get back in my Ross mode then. Okay. Have you ever been out to eat and the bill was somebody's paycheck? I remember my first job, I was only making $200. And we went to Charles uh, Cheesecake one time, and the bill was $350. Like, this is all my little money. And the Holy Spirit calls you to pay for the check, but you're thinking about bills. You're stingy. Every opportunity, every opportunity that God gives you to be generous will never just end with you being generous. It will always end in your pocket or your need being filled. Do you want to have a bigger world? Hey, let's go to dinner and don't even worry about it. It's on me. Order whatever you want. Now, if you've never done that before, you're going to go through some stuff as they're ordering. I, I didn't eat all the salad. I ate one crouton. Can you give me gratuity for one, for one crouton? The people that you love, they give you the most. The people you don't like, you can't get what you need from them. Remember, generosity. Woo, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's not just about money. There are some people that you will put in the front of your friends list, let friends list that are not generous with their time. Every time they're going through a bad thing, ooh, girl, and they just verbally vomit. But you just got a promotion at work, and now they're jealous. They're saying something. When was the last time that ooh, girl conversation turned into, ooh, girl, you killing it? Not, ooh, girl, my man. Ooh, girl, my hair. Ooh, girl, my health. No, no, no. If they're in your life, they should be generous with the praise, too. Oh, am I talking too much? And the church doesn't want your money. Because if we wanted your money, I would be selling this sermon into three different packages. You feel me? Because this is good to me. If you want a big world, give big. It's, it's simple. But remember what I said about being up in the sky 10,000 square, 10,000 feet. God says give big. And all, some of us be in the plane like... And you, like, we're confused that we're about to jump off of this plane of generosity strapped tandem to the man that owns everything. I don't need a parachute if I know that Jesus is strapped to my back. Like, and you don't jump out of a plane for your first time by yourself. Maybe that was for me. The first time you jump out of a plane, you do it with someone. Guess what? The first time that you give and it hurts, you shouldn't do it alone. Tell God. The first time I gave first fruits, God gave me a number. And that number was my number. Oh, you don't know what I mean? The first number, I had nothing left. 
Oh, let me be honest. I want to be open with you. Objective. I, I, right. The first check that I wrote to this church in First Fruit, I was booty out. That's what they say. Like I was just out here. I had nothing. But there was, I don't know why, but there was a freedom in being empty. I don't know. I don't know. I had nothing, but I was just like, so that means that if I'm going to eat tomorrow, God, you're going to have to do something ridiculous. Now, I was crying while it was happening. God, if I'm going to eat tomorrow, you, you have to do something crazy. Like, that's how it really was. But if you want a small world, every opportunity that you have to give, don't. If it hurts, it's good. I'm not talking about tithes. I'm not talking. There are some of you that might be called. God might ask you to open up your basement to a family in need. We ain't talking about no tithes and offerings, are we, Joshua? No, no, no. That's tithe. Because 10% of that MUD bill, you're giving to that family. But then the question always happens. What if that was you? Ah, here's a better question. What about when it's you? One of the reasons why I'm so generous, Marvin, is because I know the road that God has set for me, there are going to be some pitfalls. And at those pitfalls, the people that praise me are not going to help me out of a pit. The people that I helped are going to help me out of a pit. So I, I, I do not care because I'm about to do some crazy stuff when I become pastor. I'm going to start writing some checks and I'm going to put it on the gram. Not because I'm trying to like gloat and trying to be boastful. But I'm trying to make sure God knows, hey, you see this $5,000 check that I'm giving to this man of God, that I'm giving to this beaten and battered women's shelter, that I'm giving to this food pantry? God, you better bless me. Not so I can get more, so I can give more. What does it look like that AWC grows and I can't write off my, 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 my parents' house? What's the point of being a Christian? What's the point of being kingdom? What's the point of talking about a God that's big if my life is small? I refuse. I refuse. Even if it embarrasses people and causes them to walk away from the church, that church talks about prosperity. Well, the people in the church are living a great life. You cannot help people broke. So if you want to be broke, somebody say don't give. Point number three, what you want is what God needs. The minute we need something, we exalt it above all other things. The rich young ruler, it says that he, he wanted his possessions. That's the reason why he walked away. I got all this stuff. You're telling me not just to give all my stuff. You want, me to, you want it to hurt twice. You want me to sell it. Then give them the bread? Like, that's just, like, disrespectful. And Jesus says, yeah. And then after that, guess what? You got to give me some more. You got to give me a life. Mark 10, 17, it says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments. Remember what Jesus said before, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, all the different commandments, right? So the rich young ruler says, all right, cool, I've done everything. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. What God is going to ask you that's going to hurt is actually coming from a place of love. If God is asking for it and it hurts, 99.999%.0001%, got to get to 100 God's not like, why do they do it on Clorox? Kills 99% of germs. It either kills them all or it don't. They just want to make sure if there's one that don't catch, but we said 99.9. You heard us now. No, Jesus isn't like Clorox. His blood covered somebody scream everything. I've obeyed all these commandments. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. 
There is still one thing you haven't done. <laughs> you got all the possessions. You got everything that you need. And remember, he's a rich, young ruler. So he has, ooh, this is the Holy Spirit. He had three things. He had wealth. He had time. And he had authority. Oh, my God. I, I do not have time for this. And I can't do part two because we've already planned out all the sermons for this series. But can I break this thing down one time? Rich, young ruler. Rich, he had bread. Young, he had time. There are some things that you can never buy as a resource, and one of them is your time. And he was a ruler, which means that when Jesus asked him to sell everything, it wasn't just the Maserati. He was a ruler. In order to be a ruler, you had to have a domain. In order to have a domain, you have to have servants and subjects. So the rich young ruler is more like us. We're called to be kings and queens, correct? And if you are a king, you have a domain. That's where you live. That's all the stuff that you cover. If you have a domain, there are people that live in that domain, which are subjects. Your children are not your subjects. Don't do that. Pastor Joshua said, you're my subject, peasant. Go get my controller. <laughs> Daddy needs a sandwich. Pip, pip, cheerio. Like, don't know. I'm not your subject. So when God asked him to sell everything, he would have been okay really selling his possessions. Oh, you want all my gold? You, you, want, you want all my, you want all the cars? Cool, you can have them all. No, God says, no, give me everything. The people that you rule. The systems that you have. Like, I want the castle. I want the grass. I want the, ca I want all of it. Matter of fact, take off your clothes. Give me those two. But God, I'm going to be out here. Is it mine or is it not? And I think that for a long period of time, people that are frustrated that God hasn't done it for them yet, you still have your clothes on. God asked you for the thing that would leave you out here embarrassed, and you haven't given it to him. And some of the most embarrassing things in our lives in church, guess what? It's not, it's not things. It's not people. It's our past. Do you know that before you tell your testimony to somebody else, you should actually first fruit your testimony to God? Your testimony doesn't talk about how good you are. Your testimony puts God on a pedestal to say, look what the Lord has done. How many of you guys got a story in your back pocket where God got you out of something that was supposed to kill you? Y'all lying. Everybody's hands should be up. Let me talk to this side. Maybe they're more saved. How many of you over here are walking today because you should have taken the bullet but God? How many of you today should be a part of the 157,000 people in Omaha that are homeless but God. So, if God can do exceedingly abundantly more for you, all he's asking for is this much. Think about how silly it is to talk to a God that gave you your life for 10%. God is like, it's all mine, Marvin. I'm letting you keep 90. So if you want a big world, give more than 10. I wish I could share with you the percentage of what we give. And it's not to brag. It brags on God. Because I'm not as smart as you think I am. I'm not as charismatic, influential, and innovative as you think I am. I just give a lot. Okay, they think I'm bragging. They, they, I'm, we're not talking about money. Do you know how many things that I do as a businessman pro bono? How many therapy sessions? Your children I sit with, go to breakfast with, 
go to lunch with, pay for the lunch, and then give them the same information week after week after week because they're not doing it. And I never ask for a dime. I'm not bragging. It's just I can do that because older men, when I was 17, did the same thing for me. Everything that you do doesn't have to be packaged and monetized. Everything doesn't have to. I'm in this season of my life, Ms. Yvonne, right now, where I'm writing like 10 sermons a week. And I'm giving them to people. Because God gave me the skill to write a sermon in an hour. I got nine extra hours in the week. I can lose nine extra hours of sleep in the week. How many hours of sleep could you, could, could you leave? If you work at a gym, how many people are you training for free? Yeah, if you're a CPA, how many people's taxes? You know they can't afford it. They're going to pay more in taxes than they're going to pay you to do them. Like, how many things have you done for free? If you want a small life, don't give anybody anything. But if you want a life that's massive. Everybody's upset with Jeffrey Bezos. That man wrote a $1.5 billion check last year. And we want to talk about him. I don't know if he knows the Lord. And God bless you if you want to give your tithes to AWC. Because 10% of a billion is a lot of money. If that happens, we're not doing church no more. We're going to be AWC Incorporated. You hear me? All y'all get a business. You get a business. You get a business. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the shoes, Patrick. I got the juice this morning. Looking at the man Jesus felt, genuine love for him. There, can we have fun in church? I want to bring fun back to church, man. Shoot, you ever been to a comedy uh, show and you woke up the next morning and your sides hurt like you did side crunches? Just go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And guess what? You will have treasure in heaven. At this, at what? At this, at what, Joshua? At this, at what? At when God asked him for everything, the man's face fell. Sometimes the best thing that you can give God is a yes. Because when the rich young ruler did this, he gave God something. He gave him a no. I'm going to get there. Is this good? When we claim, we become dependent. Once we become dependent, God desires what we've given our dependence to. And once God desires it, he demands that we give it to him. The minute you want something, the minute you can't live without it, God claims it. Because the word of God calls those idols. If you idolize your pearly whites, I'm not trying to pray a curse on you, but God might do something to make sure that them pearly whites fall out. Then he's going to be like, uh-uh, put them under the pillow. I'm coming to get them, not the tooth fairy. So can I show you something? Remember this point. What you want is what God needs. Can you throw up my illustration, please? Every single one of us is these things. Remember what I said. Everybody click in your, your seatbelt. Go click. You better click. This roller coaster goes fast. Go click. I don't want nobody falling out. Now, if you don't have on your seatbelt right now and we run this ride and you fall out, Disney World is not paying you nothing. That's what they say. They tell you four times, click it in. Oh, some of y'all weren't clicked. For some of us, we have a condition of being stubborn. When God asks you to do something, you're just stubborn. How many of you guys have a stubborn child? Now I'm going to get in your business. How many of you are stubborn? Thank you. 
You were so generous right there. Thank you guys so much. Every person hand, raise it again if you're stubborn. Watch out for all these people. It's on video. I'm going to go back. I'm going to be like, uh-huh, Sister Tracy. That's Mr. Bill. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Somebody say stubborn. Many of us are controlling. God can't do what he wants to do in your life because you think you can run your life better than him. I've been there. I'm, I'm there often. There are multiple times when we're in meetings. What's your name, man? Yeah. Kiana. Kiana, girl. We're going to hold your coffee. Come on, girl, hold your coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I have a hot chocolate. Girl, there'll be some times. This is my saucer. I have a really small hot chocolate. Girl, there'll be some times we'll be in these meetings at church, girl, and I forget to ask God what he wants to do. I'll be trying to strategize. I'll be trying to innovate. Well, church ABC is doing X, Y. It's getting hot. Like church A, B, and C be doing all these other things, and I forget to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do with AWC. Girl, sometimes, oh, I, I spilled on myself. Excuse me. Sometimes, girl, girl, sometimes I forget that AWC is God's. You haven't taken a sip yet. You don't want to come back to this coffee shop? It's nasty, huh? Sometimes we forget that our life is not ours. God, what I'm going to do. And God goes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of us are possessive. God, this is my money. This is my life. This is my family. I don't know why everybody sounds like Oscar the Grouch, but <laughs> God, this is my sexual orientation. Oh, oh, y'all, y'all cool when we're edifying people, but your sexual orientation is not how you choose to identify. You have to give that to God too. I'm not asking you to be straight. I'm not asking you to date a man if you're interested. Like I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking whatever that is. If you want to be with God, you can be God and you can be with God and be gay. That's fine. Just give it to God. Oh, they don't want to hear that. Oh, that's too much. Oh, I'm not the pastor yet, so y'all don't want to hear. Cool. All right, I'll move on. Cool. Whatever. It's still happening April 3rd, though, just so you know. You're possessive. This is my relationship, God. Some of us are stingy. Because being possessive and being stingy are two different things. Possessive is claiming hold to something. Stingy is knowing that you have what something needs and you know it, but you just don't care enough to get it. But if you're stubborn... Guess what you got to mourn? You got to mourn your will. Like you have to hold a funeral service for your plans. And nobody teaches this in the church. When you pray that prayer, God, let your will be done. Immediately after that, before you say, let your kingdom come, you need to chill out. And you need to go to that dream wall where you got, you know, I just elbows body on Tay Diggs' chest with the rock's arms with, I don't know about that business, but, you know, whoever's like, you got like them legs with the shack's feet, you got to bury that. God, your will be done. That dream house that you want, you got you to gotta kill it. Nobody's teaching this to you, Naturi. That the man of your dreams does not exist. 
Doesn't matter how you compile this guy in your head. He's going to be six foot two. He's going to be like, it doesn't matter. You cannot get who God wants for you if you're stubborn and you don't want to give up your will. I'm just, I'm trying to help you. You shouldn't give another tithe. You shouldn't give another offering. You shouldn't give another piece of your energy or your time until you have prioritized this conversation. Is what God wants for me what I really want? If it's not, cool. But you cannot have God's way and your will. So if you're stubborn, you have to give up your will for his way. You can't have both. Does that make sense? In the church... You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Ooh, Kylan, I almost, ooh, we. Text me, bro. I'm going to tell you what I was about to say, but I don't want to do it because you know what I'm saying. Ooh, 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 we. I can't say it. Let me go back. Controlling. Somebody said, this is my life. No, do it how I did it. This is my life. This is mine. You can't have none of my cookies. This is mine. If you're controlling, you're going to have to mourn your autonomy. You want to be trusted more at your job? Give more. You want to be trusted more with the people that you love? Stop asking for more space and invite them into the process. Autonomy and trust doesn't mean I leave you to your work. Pastor Joshua, Joshua the man trusts more people that add me in on what they're doing. So when you're looking at certain people, you're like, you just like them better. I don't like them better. They invite me. I'm not going to barge into your plans. I'm not going to barge into your Thanksgiving. Every person that invites me, I'm not going either. But the point is, you can't be upset with somebody that doesn't show up if you never invited them. Nobody wants to support me. You sent out three invitations to your crusty, dusty friends. No, I don't want to be. And even if you invited me and they're there, I don't want to be. You know. You know. You want to know how I know? You want to know how I know? I'm going to pick all the black folks just for a second. White people, hold tight. Black people, raise your hand. How many of you have ever asked this question? Who going to be there? Y'all terrible. It don't matter what's on the menu. It don't matter if your grandmama made custard pie. You're going to ask them three questions. Who going to be there? Who going is one word. Who going to be there? And they run through the list real quick. Well, you know, your mom and your daddy, your sister and Stacy. Oh, oh, oh. You said, Stacy, I'm good. Make me a plate. And where we're from, fix me a plate. You know what I'm talking about. And the plate tastes better the next day when it's in four. Glory. Thanksgiving's on the way. Okay. If you're controlling... You have to mourn your autonomy for his covering. What is more important? You having control or being covered? This is so good. Y'all, y'all better start clapping before I start my own small business and I'm done with ministry. Like I'm done. I'm giving you this for free. I want to do a TED talk. I'd wear the same thing. I ain't wearing no suit. They're going to have to take me how I am. You feel me? Okay. If you're controlling, that means that you have autonomy. But you can't control the, plan, the way of God and have his covering. You can't have both. It's either it's your money or it's his. 
It's not this portion of it is mine and this, this portion of my marriage, this portion of my finances, this portion of my sex life. No, no, no. What did he ask the rich young ruler? I want everything. Next, if you're possessive, that means you're going to have to trade your grip. Because God will not pry anything out of the hands of the living. There is a reason why the movie has never been written, David. And if you don't write it, that idea will go to the next person that's willing when you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any creatives in the building? You ever seen your design on Instagram? You ever heard your song, your lyrics? You ever heard your tune before? It's because you didn't do what you were supposed to do with what God gave you because you never gave God your grip. If you don't give God your grip, that means that you will never get his plan. I think God is tired of Scorsese, Tarantino. I think God is tired of Spike Lee. You know what? A Christian could have written Boys in the Hood with the cursing because God can meet you with your funny words. A Christian could have written Game of Thrones. Pastor, you watch Game There's nudity and there's stuff. Like, yeah, but I don't want to read the Bible all the time. I like enjoying my life. Is that such a bad thing? Y'all say it up here. Well, Pastor, I can't be perfect. Well, neither can I. Okay? I'm not pastor at the house. I'm Joshua. Y'all some weirdos, you know? Some of y'all, I catch y'all in the grocery store, at events, out here, and you got a drink. I know it ain't lemonade. But you don't see me say nothing. I said, good to see you, bro. Because if an alcoholic drink can keep me from teaching you the kingdom, I'm in the wrong position. So does that mean that if you are working in a beaten and battered women's shelter, will you say that she deserved her hands being put on her before you give her a bed and shelter? There are some things you get power. I don't need to hear your story. I just need to help you. And everybody that you help isn't going to be helpful. Some people are going to burn you. But I cannot stand here and say, God, that I want to be the pastor of AWC if something like a Heineken can get in the way of me, them, and the cross. Which would you rather have? A pastor that condemns those that are lost or one that's open to them? So what type of person does God want? One who's willing to let go of their grip. Somebody say yes. Next. Somebody said, this is mine. <laughs> Y'all going to be all over my Instagram. I'm just letting you know. If you're stingy, you got to mourn your comfort. The reason why you don't give isn't because you don't got it. You're uncomfortable with potentially not getting it back. Stingy people don't give not because they don't want to receive. They don't want to be held up responsible to give do you want to stop going to those lunches that you hate going to pay for your own meal stop paying for theirs stop offering to drive stop offering to sit with them 
was dating somebody, and I didn't come to, I came to church, but I was serving another area, and I didn't tell her I wasn't coming to church. And she didn't show up because I wasn't there. Oh, so you're telling me that you only show up because you're uncomfortable going by yourself. So now I'm sitting with you next, next to you at church because you're uncomfortable. And now I'm obligated to be here. God doesn't work with obligations. So if you're stingy, you have to mourn your comfort. And guess what? You get it. You get his heart. I'm really trying to make sure you're free. We haven't talked about money. We haven't talked about tithes and offering yet. Because all God wants in this sermon series is to change your heart towards being generous. That's it. If he can, if God can change your heart towards being generous, you can go from giving more than 10%. So there's some people in this church that have given away houses. Not singular. Many. And you'll never know. There are people in this church right now sitting in the front row to the back row, side to side. Sorry, okay, sorry, sorry. That got me. Okay, ooh, y'all ain't saved. If you really want a part of me, ooh, bus a bus. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Where was I at? Where was I at? Jason, you remember that Ritalin story? You wouldn't have none of this if your boy would have got an IEP in the sixth grade. Holla at your boy. Okay. All right. Generosity. Huh? Many houses. There are people in this church right now that are living in what people would call the hand-me-downs from somebody else. And on paper, it says that they paid in full, but the people that sold the house sold it at a loss. Because they know something. I might lose $10,000 in this deal, but that family gets a home. When do we become generous in the church where we start to give to a people out here in Omaha that may never reciprocate and come to the church? When, when, when do we start giving and not in hopes that they come to our church? Maybe the only gift that we got to give, Connie, is that they have a full stomach. And guess what? That might be it. But the word of God says that some people are given the role to plant. Some are given the role to water. Some are given the role to harvest. And some are given the, the, the role to reap. But God can't reap lost souls if you never plant the seed. Do you understand sex trafficking in Omaha? Do you understand that the heartbeat of sexual ex exploited children, young people below the age of 30, do you know where it happens? Target off of 72nd and Dodge. Berkshire Hathaway weekend. The College World Series. The, the, I'm not saying that they're tied because that can be deep. I'm not saying that. But maybe the reason why AWC is in Omaha is so that we can disrupt the plan of the enemy. Maybe. I don't know. I'm okay with being blacklisted by being the black pastor that wants to talk about white and black issues. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm really okay with the church if it never grows, if we become the church that's okay with people bringing their sexual orientation to church. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with it if he brings his boyfriend. I, I'm okay if people don't call up the kingdom and if you leave. I don't care if you leave. Can, can I just be honest? Because I'm, I'm, I'm free now. Because God has given me everything that I have and nothing that I have came from the hands of man. So I'll be okay being the black sheep in Omaha, being the church that actually cares for the lost.
that actually cares for the broken. Anybody else with me? Okay, I just want to make sure I know. Because one could put a thousand. But if I got two, we got 10,000. You feel me? What could I do with 10 people? The rules of 10, that's a billion people. AWC doesn't need another church. AWC needs a hospital. But God won't release God's, he won't release people if you don't release your grip. You want to know why nobody buys your product? Besides the fact that it's, I mean, it needs to be good. Like you can't put trash out here and be like, they don't want to buy my stuff. It's not good. Like stop going to Canva and pay a graphic designer. Like pay them the money. And when you pay a creative, you're paying them for the time to work on your business, not to call them at 2 o'clock in the morning. I need my logo. You gave me $200 for a $3,000 project. I will get to you when I can. Anybody else run a business? Anybody got accounts receivable? You know what that means? That means that there's bread out there that is not in your pocket. You want the next portion of this project? Give me the next portion of my money. God works the same way. You want the next portion of my purpose for you? Stop playing with me. I'm nice. You want the next portion of your, of your, of your project? Well, you owe me back taxes. Oh, you be ready for back child support. Bye, You want back child support? God wants past purpose report. I gave you the job. You've gotten six promotions, but you haven't given me nothing. So before I bless you in this next first fruit, there's seven years of stuff that you still haven't given me. You got seven Isaacs. You got seven Isaacs in your life, Abraham. I only asked you for one, but you duplicated. Well, God, I can give you one now. Yeah, because you're un- it's comfortable. I want you to write this down. What God wants you to give will make you uncomfortable. You have not given until you've had to second guess. If you don't have to second guess, guess you're negotiating. Okay. If you don't second guess, you're negotiating with God. You want to know how I know? Because I've been there. Went out of town to a friend's church, um, the Glens at, at, uh, at, at uh, 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 New Life in Chicago. And, and Bishop, uh, Bishop Jakes, and by the way, the hype is real. I don't fangirl over anybody, but when I saw him, I'm like, wow, he's really that guy. Like some people carry something with him, and it's different. Like if Kobe walked in this room, all of you that are Kobe haters would still be like, oh my God, let's go right. Like you would, you would, you would, you would, you would pee a little bit. <laughs> but he said, Bishop said, I believe. Let me do it. I believe. There are 100 people in this building that will give $1,000. And my soul jumped. And while I was sitting there, I was like, uh-uh, shit. No, sir. Oh, no, 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 no. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And it leaped again. Sometimes it's easier to fight God than it is to fight your urge to give to him. Every time your heart lurches, it's actually God requiring from you what's already his. Every problem that you see when you're driving, when you see the homeless, that's give. You know how many shelters? AWC doesn't need to build a shelter. 
if every person at this church went and gave one hour of service a week, we could probably feed the entire city. But everybody wants their own. Everybody wants to brand. Everybody wants to print a t-shirt and take a picture of feeding the homeless. You got it? Like the smile was for the photo. But if you look at Jesus, he spent more time washing people's feet than he was in synagogues. He, he spent more time healing. I'm, I'm lost. Let, let me get back. Point number four. There is pain and preference. Guys, I have a little bit more. Can I finish this today? I, I don't want to waste your time, but we used to be long-winded in church. Like, I've only been teaching for like 45 minutes. Like, y'all all right? Somebody keeping the time. Like, actually, Pastor, you've been teaching for a good hour. Psalms 37.4, New King James. I know what I said before, but it just makes better sense here. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Right, Amanda? And he will give you the desires of your heart. I want to break this down. Give defined in the Hebrew is viatin. Don't worry about that. I'm just, this is, it's a big word, but this is what it means. To give is to set and to mold. The word heart here in the Greek means inner man, mind, will, heart, and emotions. So when we read this correctly, if we read this correctly, it will say this. It'll say this. If I set my eyes on you, Lord, you will mold my mind, will, and emotions. We've been reading this wrong based off of what I've done the study of. Amanda brought it to me in the office, and I was like, wow, that's good. The gift Jesus wanted to give the rich young ruler wasn't his, wasn't his possessions. What he really wanted to give him was a perspective of filling the needs of others. The reason why God wants you blessed is to bless someone else. He's not interested in your family being the only free family on the block. You want to know what the hope is for small groups here at AWC? Can I just help, help you? It's kind of undoctrinal and culturally biased in churches. But I think that there should be an AA group at AWC. And it should be a small group. And they should be able to bring their alcohol to the church. And we should have a recycling bin that shows all the alcohol that's come through the doors in the last week. Oh, y'all too saved. Okay. All right. We should have porn addiction therapy as a small group at AWC. Because everybody's not just playing with this thing. Because that, that, that pornography thing is a gateway drug to some really crazy and desolate things. It should be a, a single mother's small group. Where they don't just come and talk about Jesus, but they can come and get Pampers. They can come get Similac. And they don't have to come to the church to get it. What is the point of being a generous church if we want people to give us their lives before they trust us? can't serve in an apartment. You just moved here from California. Well, I served at my other church. No, you need to heal. But I see your apartment. You you need singers. They're they're all women up there. We don't need you. This might not be your home. This might just be the place where you heal, where God reassigns you. And really quick, any person in the building that's ever experienced church hurt, please don't serve here yet. I'm begging you. Because if God doesn't fix what happened in your heart, our church is not that healthy to make you healthy. 
I don't care if I'm wasting your time. I'm going to sit right here for two seconds. Church hurt is what's destroying the church. Not bad doctrine, not denominations, not God, not false teachers. It's people in the church who are broken and are breaking other people. Do, like, do you understand what I'm saying? AWC is not a bad place. And for any of you that are watching online who feel weird not coming to the building, but you still claim us because sister such and such and sister so and so, I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I just know that people are silly. And if we reduce it to the ridiculous, we will allow one incident, one misunderstanding, one frustrating point in our life, one time where somebody didn't show up and now we just don't show up nowhere. Like, like, like it's just like if we really got over ourselves, we would allow the place of grace to be the place of grace. If you've ever experienced church hurts and you're here in the building and you can sing and you can hold a camera and, and you can teach kids, heal first. Then you got to make the decision if you want to live at the standard that we call people to. Because a lot of people that are church hurt, you didn't believe in what the church was actually believing for. You just wanted to have a microphone. We don't care about your gift here at AWC if you're broken. Well, pastor, what if it takes me a year and a half? Did it take a you know how long it takes to recover from heart surgery? Yeah. You don't get heart surgery the next day, Jerry, and then go run a 5K. Bleeding up. Like, what? No. You need to heal. Because the assignment that AWC is being called to, the people that put their hands to the plow, they can't be bleeding all over the place. And there are ministries right now whose sanctuaries are full of blood. There are people that are hurting here that are bleeding too. Like, I don't want you to like get it. We messed up or somebody missed something. But to bleed and know, why am I stuck here, Kyla? But to bleed and know that you're bleeding. That's silly. Look at your neighbor and say, heal. Come listen to some sermons, get in a small group, get healed. And then if you're called to AWC, serve. But I'm not afraid. I don't, why am I stuck here? But if you're not called here and we were just a part of your healing process, there are many different churches around the city that need your gift once you're healed. God will provide for us what we need. Well, you guys don't have a bass player. I can play. But, bro, you're a whole alcoholic. Like, join a small group. Wow, so you're going to make me heal? Y yes. But you just said you wanted the whole world to smell like alcohol. Yeah, but there's different levels of leadership. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, let me just move on. Let me just move on. So how do you grieve properly? Write this down. Some of you, I believe that this week, some of you are actually going to cry the tears that you should have cried at the funeral. Some of you are going to mourn the divorce. Yes, it failed. It, it sucks. But God has a grace for you and for him or her. Well, he cheated. Well, just forget about that. God has a grace for you. You have to accept. Then you have to acknowledge. Then you have to adjust, which we don't do. Once a tragedy happens in your life, your life has to change. You can't keep the same routine. You can't go to the same grocery store. You can't go to the same coffee shop because you're going to be sipping. Keanu, we're going to be sipping our coffee. You're like, I remember Byron used to get his with six bars. Go somewhere else. You know how many scooters are in Omaha? Then you got to say goodbye. Except it's the finality of your want. 
God, I don't want this anymore. I, I don't want to be stingy. How many of you guys have somebody in your life like, there ain't no way Uncle Fred going to give me a dime. He's been stingy since 78. <laughs> you got to accept the fact, God, I'm stingy. I'm possessive. It's hard for me to give. Like, somebody stole from me. God, nobody's ever given me anything. You can trust God with that. Is this good? Next is that you got to acknowledge. Express the full range of your feelings. Tell God how much you hate it. God knows it's not all sugar plums and rainbows. You think at least seven years of this transition, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to pastor. No. There are some days, God, these people, if I could burn them all with me in the building so we could, I could explain it to you in heaven. Look, I know I killed us all. I know I'm going to hell. I get it. But these clowns, and you want me to give my life to these people? Like, that's the only way that you can trust that I'll be a good leader is if I'm honest with you. How can God trust you with his plan if you've never been honest with him? God, this purpose is scary. Because a lot of people, Miss Criola, are not afraid of failure. They're actually terrified of success. I've been divorced for so long and a man actually loves me. Because we have those conversations in church too. Like, I don't deserve love. What if it works? What if this time when you go to counseling and therapy, I know it didn't work before, but what if this time your marriage actually starts killing it? You have to accept it, acknowledge it, then you got to adjust. You have to now adjust your life without the person, without the thing, without the experience. And you got to see it as an opportunity and not an absence. Rather than, it would be so much more fun at the zoo if Byron was here. I hope there's nobody named Byron. I'm sorry. I've been on your head all series. But now, instead of mourning somebody that's not there, your prayers change. God, one day I'm going to walk through these hallways with the right person. God, I see them now. The way that they smell. The, a new business person. They're going to bring something to the table I've never seen before. Somebody say amen. amen. Then you got to say, somebody say goodbye. Everybody do this. Everybody, oh, you don't want to do it. Y'all like, I don't want to let go quite yet. Do it. <laughs> My man in the, in the turquoise hoodie, he said, I ain't letting go, dog. I don't care. You can look at me all you want. I don't care how clean your shoes are. I ain't letting go. I feel you, dog. I feel you because I was there. I'm there right now with some things in my life. Somebody say goodbye. goodbye. Saying goodbye is to ritualize a movement to a new peace without the loss. Saying goodbye to the way in which you looked at money, the way in which you looked at resources, is you got to say goodbye to your stubbornness. Don't fix it. Leave it. Because if you're in a bad relationship right now, you don't have to fix that person. If you leave that relationship, that version of you will stay there. Let me move on. Point number five. The worst place to be is unbothered. We're about to go into week after week where we're actually going to talk about stuff, okay? We got to talk about money. We have to talk about possessions. But before we talk about possessions, we got to talk about your heart posture towards saying no to the things that you want. Okay? Is that okay? This is the kingdom gospel. This is not shouting, I don't need an organist. This is the real deal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Click in your belt just a little bit tighter. Okay. There are people that God would love to use but can't because of their inability to let go of their preferences. 
You want to know why God isn't using you, Joshua? Because you want him to use you in your plan. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mark 10, 23. says, Jesus looked around and said to the disciples, how hard it is, and we all like to read this part, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very, somebody read it with me. It is very hard to enter the kingdom of God, period. Giving your heart to Christ is tough as it is. When you gave your heart to Christ, you didn't get a heart of generosity. When you gave your heart to Christ, your addiction wasn't cleaned. What Jesus is saying is that following me is hard enough. If I can't get you to sell what you have, you definitely can't follow me. Is this making biblical sense to y'all? Move on. It is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a what? Needle than for what? A rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Because you can't enter the kingdom of God with your possessions. When you die, you are not going to have a bank account in heaven. When people are like, I'm going to have gold laid up. No, you're not. Everything is his. I'm going to have a mansion in heaven. What? Y'all need, Shirley Caesar, I love you to death. That song got us through, but it's not biblical. You ain't going to get no mansion when you get huh, six bedroom. No. All you're going to do when you get to heaven is do what? Sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Some of y'all going to be so upset. Where's my mansion? Keep singing. Holy, holy, holy. Gabriel going to be sitting there. Keep singing. You wanted to be here so bad. Keep singing. <laughs> I'm clowning. I got to stop. The disciples were astonished. We're astounded. Then Peter asked the question. He says, well, then who could be saved then? Jesus looked at them intently and said, you should lift both of your hands. Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. It is impossible to give to God without God. Innately, Joshua doesn't want to give anything. I don't like share. I told y'all last week, I don't like sharing fries, burgers, nothing. So in order to give to God, sometimes I have to pray a prayer before I give my tithes and my offering. Sometimes you want to know what that, can I be open and honest with y'all? Sometimes that, pray, that, that prayer is this, God, this really sucks. I, but can, can you help me let go of this check in my hand? <laughs> Push pay don't mess up. That first and that 15th, we got it on reoccurring. We pay our tithes before we pay our bills. There are sometimes Vanessa just gets happy. I married the right woman. She'd be like, just give them more money. Just give them, just give them more money. Just give them, neighborhood kids, give them $100. Then the bills come. I'd be like, this MUD bill, we got to go get little Johnny down the street. Hey, bro, I need that $100. <laughs> All them snacks that you've been eating during the summer. And they come to our house for snacks. We ain't got no kids yet. But they be knocking on the door. Can we get some chocolate? That's how they talk. <laughs> My sister said, you got hot Cheetos. <laughs> Go blow your nose first. Then you can come and get some chips. But you want to know what would suck? Is if we were unbothered. If they didn't come to our house. So I would, this is going to free somebody right here. I would much rather deal with the inconvenience of a snotty nose than an empty doorstep. That'll free you if you allow it. There's a reason why your boss gets on your nerves and you think they're nagging. 
They bother you because they see something in you. The worst place that you can be is when God doesn't bother you to give. Now can I teach my sermon? I got, I, it took me 45 minutes to an hour to get right here. Really. All of that was fluff. You get a car. You get a, like all that Oprah stuff, which I miss you, Oprah. I was supposed to marry Oprah. I told my wife. <laughs> I mean, I ain't trying to marry you. I got a good wife, but I'll take a house if you got one. <laughs> if those kids this summer, when it gets warm out, don't come to my house, I'm going to feel away. Why will I feel away? Because now they might think that them coming to my house is a problem. And you want to turn up to be an old, grumpy person, mean, old, old Gertrude? Hurt a child. Hurt, hurt a child. Hurt, hurt a baby. Hurt a baby. Because them babies going to talk. They're going to conspire in the corner at the children's table. Yeah, don't talk to Uncle Gertrude, bro. I asked her for a, a sugar, sugar, sugar snap. She slapped me. What? <laughs> she did what? All right, next time she asked me to help bring her cane, I'm going to hide it. Like, that's the reason why. That's the reason why when you're getting older, you got to be nice to us young folks. Because we might put you in a retirement. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Bro, I need to go on tour. I'm funny. Man, uh, I miss my calling, Leon. Shoot. The worst place to be is unbothered. Is it okay that we have fun in church sometimes? I want you to actually remember what was said. We had church today. What do you say? I don't know. But it was good. Now all you old folks are texting your son. Son, I love you so much. I'm sorry. I missed your birthday. But man, was there anything you need? Uh-huh. AARP was a week late, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, bum. Just kidding. Look at your neighbor say the worst place to be is unbothered. For some of us, it's not that God isn't talking anymore. He's not talking to you. He's not talking to me because the last time he talked to me to give, I embarrassed him. Last point. God will always make good on his investment. There's not one investment that God has ever brought to the table that hasn't matured. Not one. Actually, that's a lie. The only investments that God has brought to the table that haven't matured were people that didn't invest. If you want to talk money, we, can, we love talking about money when it's the NASDAQ and Bitcoin and NFTs, which you're literally giving millions of dollars for something that's not tangible. If the internet were to die, you'd be broke. <laughs> They took all my money. It's an awesome concept, but if we lose the internet, <laughs> it's going to be over with. They took everything. Mark 10, 29 through 31. I want you to read it with me. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. I've heard this sermon taught a couple times where people said that Peter taught that Peter said this and he said it out of a place of fear. But I think that Peter said this out of a place of realization. I think Peter said, wait a minute, I sold my business to follow you. So if I sold my business to follow you, that means that everything that is yours becomes mine. 
So I'm not like the rich young ruler because I gave you everything. Because when the disciples got done discipling, guess what they did? They went back to their businesses, the ones that weren't murdered. Because you know that story. Like they were. Just, when we talk about persecuted, not many people are ready to die for this thing. That's another sermon for another day. When you be singing that old Lecrae song, send me, I'll go. Sit. No, you wouldn't. You ain't going nowhere. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I want you to underline these points and we're out of here. There is how many people? No one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land. House or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children. I'm going to make a song out of anything. Watch. I'm going to go platinum. Y'all going <laughs> to get a Grammy. For my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive how much? A hundredfold when? Not in heaven. That scripture where everybody says it's a prosperity gospel. Jesus said it. The house that you want that's 10,000 square feet and makes people feel jealous or whatever, guess what? That's a hundredfold. That's what the God said. Somebody say, I want it now. <laughs> Y'all know where I'm going. It's my money and I want it now. <laughs> Call J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> hey, no free advertisement. Don't you, if I see that on a commercial... Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last. We say this because we try to say, well, the last shall be first. It doesn't just apply to anybody. It applies to people that give. Who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. If you have to think before you give, you're trading. And God's not in the trading business. He's in the takeover business. Now, I have a question. We're done. Oh, you're like, where's the altar call? I need to feel better. No, you don't. You need to sit with that right there. Because you're going to watch some people give hilariously at the end of this month in first fruit. You're going to see some numbers. Now, some of y'all are going to be like, that's my whole check. That's everything. You, you, you're going to see some stuff. But you have no idea what God told them. Because this is what's going to happen. God's going to begin asking and pricking the hearts of people in this room. And it's not all going to be money. Some of you, I don't know, you're going to give 100 hours of your whatever you do in your service for free. Or you're going to pick up trash. Where you're going to be like me and my wife and give out chips to the neighborhood kids. <laughs> it costs us $200 a month. Them kids be eating, bro. Like, Johnny, you don't need to be eating all them chips. You haven't even finished your bag. Uh-huh, I have. Let me see your hand. But the worst place to be is unbothered. Uh, no, really quick, last question. How many of you want to be unbothered when it comes to the things of God? You do? Okay. H how many of you don't want God to bother you when it comes to the things of God. It's no one. Which means that you're already generous. You just don't know it yet. 